The following is a conversation. It has the features of any conversation, such as imperfectly expressed thoughts, ill-considered opinions, and the notions of several sleep-deprived brains. Try not to get your stethoscope in a twist about it. Have you guys tried the uh, Starbucks oil-infused coffee? I've heard about it. Wait, like petroleum? Like like No, like oil? olive oil. Oh. Mm, that that sounds... sounds unnecessary i thought you were making a joke <laughs> no no no. it's apparently it's, no, it's been a real thing for a little while oh what is diateria yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> i've heard that it's been quite the laxity i don't understand combined with coffee <laughs> it's a combo that just <laughs> sounds like a terrible idea we'll start better prescribing make, it in the hospital better make that diagnosis ibs because i be shitting yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't it just doesn't sound very good to me i'm not sure like why but, like, I can just imagine in the Starbucks test kitchen, them putting this together and being like, yeah, people will literally drink coffee, which already objectively doesn't taste awesome. Yeah, Starbucks is not it. Dave, you just gotta, you gotta get some, like, real coffee beans and make it at home. You're missing out. Oh, I make cold brew at home. Mm. Mostly because I can't be bothered when I get up in the morning and I'm super tired. It's fair to like sit there and watch a coffee machine go or pour over some coffee. That's my life hack is don't do cold brew for the delicious coffee. It is delicious. Do it because it will save you a ton of time in the morning when you're barely functional. I found that out four days ago. Yeah. <laughs> and make a whole picture of it. Alex is slowly transitioning to just straight caffeine. Yeah. But that's the key. I should say make a whole picture of it. At once. Mm. Go to Amazon and find like a metal strainer. Make a whole picture of it at once. Your life will be measurably better after you do this. You're welcome. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Coat Podcast. Weird news. Fresh views. Helpful clues and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Shortcoat Podcast. It's a show that gives you an inside look at medical school from the students drinking from that fire hose. A production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Vettler. With me today in the SCP studio, she spends her time constructing dioramas of Elon Musk's many bathrooms. It's M1 Hind El Kilani. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> His pride and joy is the meticulously crafted collection of vintage aglets. It's MD PhD student Sam Hatfield. Aglets, the tip of the shoelace, yes? Yes, of course. Oh, fantastic. You know exactly what that know. is. You, I, I you know You have exactly. so many collections. You're the aglet, Jack. Yeah, I have some <laughs> made of steel, some made of platinum. Most are plastic, but they have pretty colors. Yeah, yeah. His favorite pastime is whittling birds out of other birds. It's M3 Alex Belzer. Yep. <laughs> That's the mark of a good real. It's the mark of a good podcaster is the one word <laughs> silent <laughs> reaction. He's an armchair enthusiast. It's M3 AJ Chowdhury. Is that a Herman Miller? I'm right. <laughs> See, there you go. No. You're just going to end it at armchair. <laughs> that too. He's an armchair. Whenever I go into a new department now, if I find a nice chair, the first thing I do is, is that a Herman Miller? And I lean down and I look at the underside of the chair just to yeah. set the tone yeah. for everyone else on the team. And also, uh, what I heard was nude apartment. 
Did you not say new department? You said new apartment? New department. Oh, okay. Like or new, new department. Oh, new department. I heard new department. I was... We get very not, comfortable in radiology. I, I was not questioning. <laughs> Did you just eat it? Don't art it. Yeah. <laughs> on this show... Come on. On this show, we often say that it's important to have things outside of medicine to keep you uh, going, to spark creativity... Just have something to switch gears to when you're not feeling the whole med school thing, which yeah. I know isn't a real thing. I know at every moment of every day, you're like, I am excited to be in med school. These are really just things to put on my CV. And I know that your favorite non-learning medicine activity is music. That is correct. Both. Yes, And you do it. I don't even know if, honestly, I don't even know if I could call this a hobby, AJ, the way you do it. Oh, no, it's a job. Because you, you like make money. You play gigs. I do. You have a band. I have a couple. Or you have a couple a of couple bands. bands. I think that's excessive for a hobby, but <laughs> you do you. I don't want to judge your hobby. So we're here today to talk about what people do when they don't do medicine. So you do music. Alex, what do you do? Anything that I can inflict pain on myself. Uh-huh. So I run, bike, I'll stare off into space as long as I can. Also... Not sure those sound like hobbies to me, but again, I'm not going to judge. Yeah. Sam, what do you do? I do a little bit of everything, honestly. Uh-huh. And so I guess what I did this morning kind of sums it up. I debugged an app I'm making, rode my bike to my garden at the Coralville Community Garden, then rode my bike here to do whatever this is. And then I've got my climbing shoes in my backpack to go bouldering right after this. And oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> where like you, where do you go to boulder? Uh, the rec center, unfortunately. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> uh, Hind, what about you? I want to do his day. It sounds fun. <laughs> um, um, well, I will preface this by saying to like anyone who's listening to this, like you don't need to do a hobby like two hours a day for it to count. Like it can be like whenever you want. That's an okay. excellent Absolutely. point. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I like to play Just Dance a lot. Oh, okay. So I got it on Switch and uh, yeah. You know, move around. It's and fun. other awesome. things on Switch. You've brought your device to school here for I lunch have. hour things. Those are those are awful. Yeah. Fun. It's nice to distract people. Do a lot of people show up for those? No. No? <laughs> I mean, how many do you want to show up? I mean, like, there's yeah. a room that you're flailing your limbs about yeah, in. Yeah, I like, don't. You don't want a packed yeah. room, really. I no, doubt that don't. many people want to, like, look dumb. But it's fun. It is. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, music's my hobby. It's also a lifestyle. I spend far too much time in the studio when I should be studying, including right now for this test that I have in about an hour, yet here we are in the short coat studio. I've been playing music pretty much my whole life. My earliest memories are of me in Bangladesh, in my uncle's balcony, harassing the geese in the pond below with his acoustic guitar. They deserved it. They they may have deserved it. Those (laughs) geese were aggressive. Since then, I've grown up playing a couple of different instruments, guitar, violin, bass, drums, I sing, but bass is the thing that I play the most, it's what I usually get paid to play, and right now I play for a couple of bands. In Iowa City, I play with the band Worst Impressions. We're actually working on releasing our first EP this summer, and we're releasing a single called Oceans, hopefully in the next week or two. And then I play in a band called Retro Gold in Des Moines, which is a pop rock cover band. We have a couple of festivals coming up as well. Okay. 
busy hobbies. Yeah, yeah. Lots and lots of traveling. I think I have a clip from Ocean. Would you like me to play it now? Yes, please. This is Ocean. This is a song that's coming out hopefully in the next couple of days. Um, I wasn't the original bassist on it. <laughs> There's another person in this room that may have originally written the bass lines. Shout out to that person if you want to say who you are. I don't not, remember doing cool. that, but it's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll take credit for that. All right. It was Alex. Uh, yeah, here's Oceans. slaps thanks, thanks. She i like it she thanks, Dave. very good thank you to hinden sam for bopping along yeah it's something i would throw on on a run or while i'm lifting it's it sounds like it gets you going thanks yeah we have like seven more songs coming your way fantastic you can have a whole playlist i will yeah appreciate it who's next anyone else have singles they want to play <laughs> i got one about beans yeah Okay, not on me, though. I'm going to preface this with saying Alex and I live together, and the other day, I saw his gremlin 511 figure on top of the counter, (laughs) reaching for beans. Yeah, yeah, first off, off, 511? Oh, you're not that tall. All right, Mr. 3-6. Alex is very, very tall. He's six six, I think. Yeah, ish. I don't really measure. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Sure. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. It's no big deal. Yeah, no, I was uh I'm a bean enthusiast. Coffee beans, jelly beans, garbanzo beans, pinto beans. Less experience with navy beans, but black beans are good. Favorite meal, beans in barbecue sauce. Garbanzo beans usually works best with I like beans as much as the next guy. But I don't know that I'm as knowledgeable about beans as you are. Is this a true thing, what you're saying, or are you just f- with me? <laughs> no, no, I got beans on deck. Beans in the fridge. I got beans in the cabinet. What is even happening right now? <laughs> we, uh, we had a little going away open mic for Kate DeCherry, the uh, now no longer the director well, of the give her, I mean, you know, maybe a week from now she'll know. That's true. That's true. Well, leaving us, unfortunately. Yeah. And Alex made a rap song about beans to commemorate Kate. Yeah. Our little bean. Kate, our little bean. It was it was slightly less endearing than that, I would okay. say. Right. <laughs> Maybe more endearing, but less explicitly endearing. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I will also have like this thing for surrealist humor, sort of. Yeah. Where I just like say the first thing that comes into my mind. <laughs> That's yeah. just not based in reality. You know this. I'm down you know with that. This. I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Sorry I about beans. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I tried to show up to that, and it was packed solid. <laughs> so then you just yeah. left? Or? I, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to get in there. <laughs> oh. That's, that's kind of sad. We had no, a lot it's of not. I mean, I was, I was happy to see everybody there, and uh, it was obviously that you guys were having a good time with it, and uh, that was all I needed. <laughs> wow. I envy you. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, that's a very comfortable with yourself kind of place to be in life. Yeah. 
happy that other people are happy. Happy that other people on. are happy. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, I would say on like on my more mainstream hobby train, I run a lot. Big ultra marathon guy. Yeah, yeah, Done yeah. some hundred Ks, hundred miler. Actually, tonight I'm planning to run a hundred miles from sundown till sun up. Yeah, I ran a hundred miles. November 2021. Okay. Yeah. I like hobbled like the last 25 miles took me like 11 hours. And just I, the last marathon. You just had to inch it out. Yeah, it was yeah. it was really bad. Uh-huh. It was really bad. Like half the muscles in my legs oh, like wow. just weren't working. Then I actually didn't feel or able to move my legs for three days after that. Huh. It was kind of bad. I had a plane flight that I had to get on. I had Oof. to get wheeled on in a wheelchair. Oh, really? Jeez. Yeah, it was it was quite bad. Damn. It was quite bad. Did you take aspirin? <laughs> No, I didn't. I should have. Actually, I should. I should have done that. Like Lodo Zarelto, they're studying that Ooh. for for people in hypercoagulable states. Mm. No but idea what that means. Yeah. Wow. How long does a hundred mile run take? It depends how ages. <laughs> <laughs> it depends how good you are at it. It, it took me just under twenty nine hours because, oh like I said, the last marathon was really bad. And that's like not all at once, right? No, it is. Like you start and then you just go. <laughs> sleeping just just hobbling later this summer i will be driving to the east coast with my family and which sure. will take about 20 hours and i'm going to remember this moment <laughs> you could run it when i'm like yeah. when i'm like in the, in the middle of it i'm like this sucks this driving sucks and i'm going to remember that some people run f- five times further than that could be you dave thank you for putting my life into perspective for me i appreciate that you probably still won't be able to move your legs for three days i mean also. yes also <laughs> true true and i will also be in a hypercoagulable <laughs> <laughs> so you mm-hmm. seem to have more hobbies than than usual yeah so is that what you do, do that, are you a serialist do you uh i'm a serial hobbyist i yeah. think so you know, I never really had anything growing up, and so uh, when I was like 18, 19, I discovered hiking, yeah. and then I got into hiking, and I was like, oh, this outdoors thing is kind of cool, so let's go running a little bit, but I also have a child who's now in first grade, and I'm in an MD-PhD, I guess, so you can't really have a whole lot of time to do one thing, and so my attention is just spread all over the place just so I can maintain just different parts of my body, different parts of my brain without having to throw too much of myself at one thing. That way I can, you know, pick it up and put it down okay. when life. You're not a yeah. hyper fixator. No, not at all. Fair, fair. <laughs> Can't not relate. At not at all. No, I will say the biggest hobby I've had has been hiking and climbing, not ultra marathons, but I'll call it ultra hiking, I guess. <laughs> you get there. You get there. I, so I, the longest I've walked was about 53 miles, walked for 26 hours, I think. Nice. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> so, so it was my wife was out of town with my daughter, and my friend and I wanted to go to a brewery. And <laughs> so you walked with his notes. car was in the shop. So we just picked a brewery. We lived in Bothell and we walked that's north of Seattle and we walked down to the southern end of, oh, shoot, whatever the eastern lake in the Puget. Sound areas. I don't know. Lake um, Washington? Not Lake Washington, the one that's east of it. But, anyways, we walked 26 miles down to the brewery. As one does. Got some drinks at 4 p.m. and then we walked back. And, well, yeah. That's a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, we don't know each other that well. Yeah. I've seen you in the hallways, mm-hmm. but, but beyond that, this is our first interaction. I yeah. can tell you, however, 
that if we do become, I don't care how close friends we are, I'm not walking that length to have a beer with you. That's fine. That's fine. I just, I like to be upfront with people about how far I'm willing to walk. Setting to those get a boundaries. Beer. Yeah. <laughs> like to set some boundaries ahead of time. 12, 12 miles max. I mean, on a good day. Yeah. <laughs> what about your situation with the hobbies there, Hind? I think I struggle with setting that boundary of having time to do stuff that isn't school. Which do you focus yeah. on more? The school, unfortunately. Okay. I knew you would say that. <laughs> yeah. But I try to play just dance like once a week. And I will also. Every once in a while, I start a jigsaw puzzle, and then I regret it, because that's, like, all I do. <laughs> I can't get myself to get up. So you are a hyperfixator. Yes, I am. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm on the bean side of things. <laughs> yes! Um, so I'm actually halfway through one right now. My neighbors got it for me for Eid, and it was, like, the cutest gift ever. Yeah, so that's what I was doing last night for, like, two hours. Okay. So, yeah. Nice. No shame. But yeah. Hell no, that's hobby mode. Yeah. What's the puzzle? It is a Thomas Kincaid painting. I don't know if you've mm. ever... Has anyone ever heard of him? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, Dave has, so... That's cool. That's what counts. Those are my favorite puzzles. It's usually a really cute, like, nature scene. Okay. And it's painted, obviously. Are you one of those people who finishes their puzzle and then hangs it up on a board? <laughs> no. I, okay, I tried doing that once, and it was a disaster. <laughs> I think I glued it, and then I, like, forgot about it for a while. And then I was like, wait, I don't know how to hang this up. So <laughs> Classic. Is it still so glued together and just like chilling? Honestly, I don't know where it is. I will update you. I'll come back on the show because I'm sure the listeners are very, oh, very yeah. interested in they knowing where know. that is. My question is, it sounds like everyone is like pretty knee deep in hobbies. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you make sure you carve that time out for yourself? It ebbs and flows. Definitely on like surgery. I didn't touch my base for the most part. But I also wanted to go into a surgical field at that point. So there's that. It's just sometimes more passionate about one thing than another. And the opportunities might just be drier in another area than what I want to focus on. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to make a do with it and be at peace with maybe not getting the progress that you want for your hobby if you do your hobby competitively like me ranked competitive music <laughs> u.s news rankings <laughs> i am withdrawing Bre- breaking news aj chowdhury has withdrawn from the u.s news <laughs> basis rankings i've decided that the base ranking is biased and therefore i do not want to participate anymore <laughs> it doesn't really capture all of the nuances of how bases should be viewed Nah, exactly. It yeah. doesn't slap at a base like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for me, I view my wellness and the things that I do outside of medicine to be complementary to the things that I do in medicine. Mm-hmm. So if I feel like shit, I'm not going to be able to learn. I'm not going to be able to see patients. I'm not going to be able to do research. So it's almost like I need to do the hobby. And I don't know, that keeps me going back to do it. I think that's um, pretty clear from the hobbies that you've spoken about <laughs> that you need to do these. Hobbies. Yeah, uh, it's for sure an addiction. Yeah. 
I don't want to pathologize it, though. Oh, I, mean, I pathologize it. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Alex and I both work out for like several hours, just, several hours a day, it's every just, day. It's just a different way of doing things than I'm used to doing. Fair. But it's not self-indulgence. It's self-preservation, especially yeah. when you have such a time-consuming and demanding field that you're in, like medicine. I think I've kind of got the same mentality where if I've got my family to ground me and for me, I have my life that I'm living and med school is a part of that life that I'm doing right now. And yeah, sometimes it can be intense, you know, with Almas. But, you know, at the end of the day, what matters more is being able to like sit down at 9 p.m. and play some Smash Bros. Or Wednesday evening is rock climbing, so we're going rock climbing. I don't care that you don't want to. We're doing it because that's what's on my schedule. <laughs> so <laughs> if you put it on your schedule and you say that that's when I'm going to go do it, then that's when you go do it and you won't regret it, I guess. Yeah. You're in your first year? Yeah. Is that so, right? Yeah. And you too, Hind. My question is... Did you have to, did you get to med school and were like, I'm doing the med school thing. I got my head down. I'm doing nothing else. And then you were like, all of a sudden you woke up one day and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm neglecting this other part of me. Or did you come in with an intentional plan to keep these as a part of your life? I think we'll have completely opposite answers. So I'll let you answer first. Really? Do you, yeah. I think, yeah. I have to plan everything. I was like, okay. I don't care how awful this gets. I'm working out in the morning because that's what I did before. And I'm going to do that. Yeah. Playing just dance every Saturday. And I'm calling my mom every morning. Those are my three things. Thanks. And actually, I think it was for our nest groups. They had us like make a list of a couple things you were going to commit to. Your nest group is like the six people you will keep in contact <laughs> with for the next four years. Yep. And they're in your class. And they had us like make a list of a couple things we we're not going to let go of no matter how bad it got. So those are my three things. And it actually worked. It, I, yeah, I think it really helped to actually hold on to those things. So I would recommend that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, whenever I'm given the opportunity to speak to new med students, I always encourage them to keep doing at least one thing, but hopefully whatever things make you happy because med school will, if you let it, vacuum up all of your self so yeah. i'm happy to see you guys all all doing the shit thank you that's the goal how about you sam yeah for me when i was like picking where to go i knew that carver wasn't pass fail and when i came here i knew i'm gonna treat it like that if between 72 and 89 looks the same on paper my goal is 72 <laughs> i have a buffer but for Fair me enough. for me never wanted to let med school be difficult for me i guess it's there's things that you have to study more obviously but for me it was always just like my head is here to move through it i guess that won't work once i get to clerkships but for now yeah kind of enjoy yeah. it while you can yeah you know? it's an enjoy well, you guys while are I, in clerkships yeah. i mean you find time yeah i yeah. will argue that on rotations because you don't have to necessarily spend hours and hours and hours every day in didactics. And I mean, personally, I'm an extrovert, so I get energy from being around people, mm. despite the fact I'm going into radiology. <laughs> so I actually feel more energized to do the things outside of school during rotations versus preclinicals. We also oh, really? were in the COVID class, so we were pretty yeah, much locked you guys down had for two a years. Weird time of it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Like, 
I worked out this morning. I practiced. I've had a pretty good day, and I feel like this has been pretty manageable and balanceable on rotations. And what do you do on those sort of more all-consuming rotations? Same thing? Yeah, so I actually, I was listening to one of my other favorite podcasts, less favorite than the short code podcast <laughs> um, thank you the stronger by science podcast is a podcast about lifting and nutrition and they discussed a study that found that people that at baseline had certain behaviors that were health promoting like exercise and eating well during times of stress they actually did that even more they expressed those behaviors more frequently and more intensely and it got them through those stressful time periods whereas people that didn't have as, I guess, health-promoting behaviors such as maybe binge eating or not exercising anymore during those stressful periods like finals week for exams. Increase those behaviors during those stressful times as well. So these are coping mechanisms, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's where I go back to, like, this isn't just self-indulgence, it's self-preservation. So, like, even on surgery, when I was doing my night call on trauma... I was going and like walking around the park and working out before my shift. And then I would come home after my shift at seven in the morning and I'd still be caffeinated. So I would go and practice my base or go do any of the handful of hobbies that I do. Not nearly as intensely, but also there. Just making time for them. Exactly. You don't find time. You have to make time. That's, I think, a crucial component of it is telling yourself i will do this at this time so when it's like for me this entire year unless i had a scheduled like mandatory thing for me it's been i will not study over the lunch hour and i will go on i will go on an hour-long walk and so every day this year except for when i have something mandatory i have put everything away and just gone outside for an hour just because that is the time to do it and if you don't do it now you won't get it back i guess did you do that in the winter? Yeah, I did that in the winter. I've been tanned since January because it's <laughs> negative 30, but it's sunny out in Iowa City. <laughs> Better we be wearing that SPF. <laughs> yeah, he's going into the derm, I gotta plug right? that. I gotta plug that. <laughs> yeah. We have, our, we have our derm exam in like 30 minutes. I walked over here and I was like, I'm putting on SPF 50 and I don't care if I look like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that that regimen works for you. I unfortunately can't organize my life in that manner so i have to go off vibes for my hobbies <laughs> i pretty much just follow i'm not going to call them indulgences because it's not like quite indulgences but i go off whims for my hobbies i like get home and i'm like hmm, what do i need to do right now <laughs> i've watched alex eat like two pounds of biryani and butter chicken oh and then go run a marathon at nine o'clock at yeah night. yeah oh vibes. my friend texted me he was like do you want to go run a marathon right now and i was like sure <laughs> sure why not what? as one um does. This is like a foreign country. This is, the, this is the most unrelatable podcast. <laughs> but no, no, no. On a on a less extreme level, like if I'm not in the mood to study, then it goes. It makes sense to do the hobby, right? Because yeah. it's going to get yeah. me in a better mood. It's going to get me to where I can study more effectively. Yeah. Do you find that after you do these things, or I don't know if you can say after you do like a a marathon that you're oh absolutely ready to sit absolutely, down. Absolutely, I do. Are you absolutely. serious? Absolutely. While we're making this into a journal club about wellness, they've actually found that even as little as 10 minutes of walking can increase mm-hmm. your concentration in the after stages of that exercise. So, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You see these I, people who are like 
burying themselves in the library for 12 hours on end, not standing up. That's their vibe, but... Pulmonary yeah. embolism. Hypercoagulable state. Stand, stand up every, like, 10 minutes every couple hours. Absolutely. Or every hour. Or every hour. Yeah. Yeah. That'll pay dividends. This is what I do at work. Okay, this is not a hobby, obviously, but I will accomplish hobby. one task, <laughs> and then I will go wander around the building. Woo! <laughs> for a few minutes and then I'll come back and accomplish another task. That's why you see me wandering the hall so much I mean, as well. I do the exact same thing. Oh, this is great. This is why I see you all the time. <laughs> Does it though. work though? I mean, I get stuff done yeah. and yeah. I move around a little bit. I mean, I'm still a sedentary office worker, I think at heart, but at least not completely so. How do you feel, Dave? Once I get back to my desk, I feel like I'm ready to go. Hell yeah, Heck brother. Yeah. Hell yeah, you know, brother. Beautiful. For another, you know, at least three minutes. <laughs> 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 definitely if i didn't have my hobbies like there's no way i would be surviving med school there's no way i would survive an undergrad yeah absolutely not the beans give you life be- what are you debating on like the couch cushion yeah seems to be going home and immediately horizontal <laughs> on the couch that's a vibe throw back to 2007 plank era yeah oh yeah i'm definitely planking but without the muscle use yes sir and uh, if i'm lucky an animal appears and i cuddle a little bit not like a random animal (laughs) that's my favorite hobby from the zoo or something but you know just sit up just lay down outside wait for a baby squirrel (laughs) (laughs) raccoon yo we did get graced by the presence of a serendipitous cat the other day oh me and aj were chilling on the couch and we hear this like bang 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 on the window and there's a cat that looks like it, it like wants to be let inside so we go outside and we hang out with this cat yeah lives on our block apparently nice. graced us with its appearance named goody short for good night huh. <laughs> yeah he was a good boy this is a, definitely a tangent but the only cats who come and visit us are giant bruiser cats with really bad attitudes who want to taunt my kitties Oh, apparently, Aww. and who are scared of nothing. There's a big orange cat who shows up, and I will go out back. My theory is that the fact that each of these cats are all angry at each other is just a part of being a cat. Mm-hmm. So I'll let it go on for a little bit. They can't hurt each other. There's glass between them. Pandora freaks out. Aww. But then I'll go out after a while, and I'll try to shoo away the big orange cat. And he just cat, wants his brain cell back. This cat is afraid of nothing. <laughs> wait, wait, is that Steve? If, is that Steve? Maybe it is. There have been these posters around downtown Iowa City that's like missing Steve. And there's a couple pictures of this big orange cat with like white spots on it. I don't know. Oh my god. Could goodness. be Steve. It's not bright orange. It's kind of like mm. a paler orange. I don't know if that helps. Oh. I'll it, send you a picture doesn't. of Steve. Send me a picture of Steve. Yeah. I would like to know Steve, if this is Steve. <laughs> Steve, if you're out there. A, he's a bruiser. (laughs) And B, I have tried to chase him off. I've tried to approach him in order to get him to retreat. So that's where I started. I'm not a monster. And then I tried a big stick. Not to hit him with, but to sort of prod him, you know, or wave it at him. My dude going Teddy Roosevelt mode. Yeah. And he just kind of stares at me and goes, I don't have a cat. And then the last time I used a squirt bottle. That should work. No. No? Well, I mean, Steve retreated. (laughs) He's calling him Steve. Yeah, he's Steve now. (laughs) 
Steve retreated, but he retreated very slowly as though he was trying to send me the message like, okay, I'm leaving, but it's not because of anything you're doing. And uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I took that over. I just, I, I need to tell people about this cat because I don't understand this cat at all. Listeners, if you have any ideas for how Steve can be shoot away eradicated. send them in explosives yeah send them dave's way yeah there is a story of a terrorist kitty that we learn about in preclinicals in iowa oh yeah, uh, is it horrendous. one of like is there like explosives getting wired into a cat have you heard of that what are you talking what? about? No. Okay. There's. Okay. Just Google, <laughs> just Google it. Never mind. I don't think I will. Anyway, <laughs> I don't want to. I think, I this think was like an infectious disease oh, lecture. I understand. Yeah. Okay. The, the like FBI oh, had to come in and like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Dr. Okay. Nopolos teaches it. She gave you that lecture? We had a yeah. different person this year. What's the deal? What are we talking about? I think the cat had tularemia oh, yeah. on it. And yeah. a couple of people got exposed, so they tracked the cat down as a source, and were like, "We gotta autoclave this cat." Oh, yeah. And Dr. Nupolos, her presentations are hilarious. So she turned the cat into a terrorist kitty. It was <laughs> she, classified yeah, she as a did, terrorist. Yeah. It was, yeah, oh like it, like governmentally. What are you trying? Like this actually happened. This is a real Iowa, thing, Dave. The Iowa Department was like, "Why are we autoclaving this cat? Like it's not a terrorist." And the government was like. <laughs> You got it. <laughs> like that's protocol. We autoclave terrorists. I wasn't aware of this. <laughs> uh, hey, you better stop negotiating with Steve, Dave. <laughs> Steve, better watch out. Guantanamo is looking even more. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that was a horrendous lecture. Oh my god. Yeah. I do my remember. Poor that cat. Yeah. yeah. Still feel like I'm missing part of the story. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Can we look this up somewhere? I'm sure it's somewhere like yeah, on, icon. on Icon. No, it was no, I'm, I'm it serious. It was on Icon. I'm yeah. serious. Icon no, there's this PowerPoint a, slide and they like put a gun in the cat's hands. <laughs> the cat had like a bandolier and everything. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what's going on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, back to being horizontal, Dave. So it's good. No, uh, no, okay, no, so no, that, we're gonna bring this full circle. Okay. My, oh, never mind, never mind. Okay. My, I guess I guess I could say that my hobby is uh currently my uh, my cats okay Aww. okay 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 i guess that's my hobby i like to think of myself as a competent diyer i did make a rather serviceable dining room table that we've been using for many years wow fantastic um nice. what color is it it's black okay wood color <laughs> okay. okay if that's what you want <laughs> no that's cool green and everything to be oh no oh. mahogany <laughs> mahogany <laughs> but i also am terrified of doing the things because i'm afraid i'll get started and we'll mess it up so bad that i'll have to call in the pros and be embarrassed so i lack confidence mm. despite the fact that i think i'm competent you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take dave the, this okay so this should turn into a what would you call it? A pep talk for Dave. <laughs> I think it should be noted, like, there's no right way to do a hobby. Like, you don't They're have not, to do a yeah. hobby according to somebody else's standards either. If you want to make really shitty furniture, you go and do that, yeah. please. Yeah. yeah. That's a bomb. So we just got a new shower put in. That was something I was not going to do myself because yeah. it's kind of complicated. 
But the best of the bathroom needs to be done. And I'm very excited about doing it, except I can't bring myself to get started because, again, I'm afraid that once I start, I'm going to get myself into such a deep hole that every time I spot a problem, I'm like, okay, now I got to think about this for a month. <laughs> and then <laughs> that is a very real hazard of getting into a hobby is you go from like, hey, how do I make a simple little thing to being on Reddit and like comparing like, the different tastes of water based on the vessel that the water is being carried in. <laughs> a fellow hydro homie, I see. <laughs> you know it. You know it. But you're right. I feel like for literally anything you can think of, there's someone that like has made it their whole life. And, yeah. if, you're, and if you're like, well, I either I have to be that or I can't do it at all. You're not going to do anything. I've spent hours EQing every single person's voice in this room, except Sam. What yeah, I do. Oh, you, you'll you'll have this happen too soon enough. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm the editor this week. I have to bring up the one fear that you had when we were talking about this earlier this week is you don't want to be seen as a white guy with a podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why is that, Dave? I just think it's kind of become a, a, a cliche. Do you know what I'm saying? I understand that cliche. So on that 53 mile whatever hike that my friend and I went on, we recorded our conversation the whole time. Yeah. Just because we put our phones in our pockets and just recorded it just because on our previous walks, we would always have like discussions of philosophy or science or random bullshit that was going on at work. Beans. And, like beans. <laughs> sure. We recorded it and we just re- genuinely considered releasing like episodes of a podcast just called two dudes on a walk yeah and it was just two white guys just talking back and forth and so i think that is a very valid very valid criticism of being a white guy we have podcasts i think the stereotype is we're like 25 year old white guy unemployed there you go in his parents basement recording a podcast hoping to make it big also and i think you're outside of that circle dave a little bit by roughly 30 years yeah you know. And I have my own house. And the podcast actually is your job. There you go. Yeah, I do get paid. That's a good point. Okay, you thank made you. made a big Dave. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, Dave, you're a king. Unlike most podcasters, I get paid. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. I feel, I feel great about my... I have you a podcast. Should. You do have a podcast. People, <laughs> and on. I'm you not ashamed of it. it. Is your podcast your hobby? Well, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, it kind of is because of all the bits of my job, I would rather be doing this than say, I don't know, filling out paperwork to get somebody paid, even though that's a worthy Mm -hmm. thing to be doing. This is a lot more fun. This podcasting setup, by the way, Dave, it has just completely transformed over the last three years that I've been here. Really? That is thanks to our sponsors, folks like Panacea Financial, which if I haven't already mentioned it, I will mention at some point. Uh, as our sponsor. Mention what, Dave? Panacea Financial. As our sponsor. I know, as our sponsor. That, was, that was your transition. Our episode today is sponsored by Panacea Financial, <laughs> a nationwide digital bank built for doctors by doctors. Panacea Financial is designed for medical students and residents as it was founded by two doctors that were financially frustrated during their training. Thousands of doctors have used their PRN personal loan to avoid credit cards and use a better way to cover expenses for residency relocation and other life expenses. Panacea's PR and personal loan does not require a cosigner, has no minimum credit score requirement, and has interest rates starting at half of a typical credit card. They also offer a period of no or reduced payments on their PR and personal loan. So I would suggest that you go to financial, panaceafinancial.com slash matchday 
To learn more about Panacea and get other helpful information about Match Day, residency transition, and how that all works. I think that's a useful thing. Panacea Financial is a division of premise member FDIC. Thanks for the support, Panacea. Let's get back to the podcast. Sounds like a good hobby. I would like to find out what you guys think about making your hobby your job, i.e. there seems to be a sort of an urge among some to turn their hobby into a side hustle yep. or something like that. I think maybe AJ might understand that a little bit. I started an only band. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can talk a little bit more about that. I mean, you I presume that you started out with your music as sort of a thing that you did just for fun. And then ultimately you got good enough and then you started to want to, you know, do it in public. Yeah. He was immediately getting paid. The geese yeah. the geese were his first uh, out of the womb. <laughs> yeah, they made it rain. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So initially it wasn't really for fun. It was because my mom made me. Ah. Mm. I knew when you said the word violin. <laughs> well, I actually love playing the violin. I wish I still played. I know, but no little kid goes, Hey, you know what? I want to play the violin. That's true. That's true. So initially, I kind of was, you know, just bopping along. I also played vibing. the violin for nine years when I was a little, when I was Aww. a little, a little, Aww. Aww. Suzuki, little Suzuki methods. So uh, initially, you know, I was bopping along in life as a as a toddler, yeah. just whacking away at strings. And then my mom was like, "You know what? You're Asian. You're going to play an <laughs> instrument. And you're going to get good at it." So I started getting guitar lessons at first. And I actually wasn't super engaged with it. I kind of just did it because my mom made me go to lessons once a week. And I spent the first couple of years of my life in Bangladesh. So I would get smacked on the hands if I messed up. Yeah. So it was more out of fear than anything. But then I actually started getting okay at it. And my cousin started sending me, well, not sending back in the 90s, but showing me on cassette tapes because I'm that old. Yeah, yeah. His... Thanks, Alex. His favorite music, which was like Slipknot and Linkin Park. And, you know, it was during the initial wave of new metal. And Bangladesh was very much so affected by it for the better, I think. Really? So I grew up listening to like Iron Maiden, Slipknot, Linkin Park. And also hip hop was big in Bangladesh. So Eminem, Dr. Dre. And over time, you know, I was whacking away at these strings and started making noises that kind of sounded like what I liked playing. And eventually in middle school and high school, started joining a bunch of really crappy deathcore bands <laughs> in like the suburban basements of Northern Virginia. That's where and it's at. Absolute menace. Yeah, absolutely. And through that, I fell in love with jazz and jazz fusion specifically. And D.C. is a massive area for that. And through that, I started really, really getting good at bass specifically. I picked that up in college when I was studying for the MCAT. I came across one of Adam Neely's uh, videos. He's a bassist also from the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. And the next day I started playing bass, started getting good enough at it that other people wanted to jam with me, started a couple of bands with friends. And over time I started getting offers like, Hey, you should play at this random bar. You should play for my 
friend's wedding. Ironically, eventually I got asked to play for CECOM's deeded body ceremony, which is to commemorate the donation of the bodies that we study in anatomy lab. Their families come and it's kind of like a funeral for the families. Uh, so that was a couple years back. And I met one guy, he was a booking agent for a local music company in Iowa. He said, hey, I really like the way you play, but let's exchange contact info. And then I started Courier. I moved to Des Moines where he was located. He texted me out of the blue one day and said, hey, so my friend's band is looking for a bassist. Do you want to play? And I was like, sure, I got nothing better going in my life. <laughs> and so that's how I joined Retro Gold, and through that, I started playing a lot more paid gigs. We are now playing festivals, we play weddings, we play private corporate gigs, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So it sounds like you came to this sort of making money on the side, or making money at all. Yeah. Sort of organically, like it just sort mm-hmm. of happened, and you were happy to continue doing that. Yeah. And that you get out of it something other than money because obviously you're you don't go into music to make money you enjoy playing in front of people you and you know that that gives you energy basically right yeah i do think that there is often especially given the internet culture that there is definitely a sort of pressure to somehow turn your hobby into a job into a Mm money-making venture as though and i worry that the message there is like you're not being productive unless you're selling yourself. And so I wonder if you guys have any thoughts about that idea. Because you see this all the time, like on TikTok or whatever social media you're on, people like engaging in their hobbies or what looks like a hobby in order to sell the thing that you're doing. Would you like me to go into an anti-capitalist rant? I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time on the show Yeah, we've <laughs> done such things. Yeah. I'm going to say industrial nature of hobbies these days makes you lose some of the life around it. I know personally, so I ended up, I think about two years ago, I was asked by one of my good friends at the time to join a band with him and i had never played any instruments before but i picked up the bass and i played a show like six days later which okay i wonder who taught you (laughs) it was aj he taught me he taught me and actually this guy who runs his band is the same person who's my friend for a long time yeah like the first playing with this bass and we ended up making music it's so fun and then we started playing shows and then it was like these late night hours and it was like okay well we need to make sure that we're not actually losing money on these shows (laughs) and then i felt like all my creativity got sucked out of it Mm -hmm. when it started to become about money and it wasn't just some dudes playing in a band anymore it was us trying to make I don't know, go industrial, I guess. Justify your existence. Yeah, yeah. And so, I don't know, it lost the organic nature and the fun nature for me Yeah. when I tried to get there. So now I've been like, I don't know, playing bass with one of my friends in the band, just no strings attached, just trying to have some fun, you know? Yeah. Hopefully the actual strings are attached. Yeah, those are uh, the strings. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I... I, uh, <laughs> you got me there. You got me there. I had something kind of like that in the last couple months, actually. Over the last couple of years, I've taught myself how to code, and I've been big on the ChatGPT API hype train. Really? <laughs> so I've, I was working with a couple of medical students just across the country on making like a website that like 
automatically generated Anki cards or practice questions or what have you. And then I saw that a thousand other people are coming up with the exact same thing. <laughs> but the team I was working with wasn't doing any of the work and I was doing all of it. And so I was like, you know, there's going to be a thousand copies of this that are going to be obsolete in the next couple months anyways. And they're just trying to make their like former crypto bro that went med school. I don't know their backstory, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, this is something that I'm just coding for the fun of it. It's just more fun to solve the problems than it is to approach it with how can I make money from this? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And also if you, if you want to make money from it, that requires that you're like relatively good at it or mm -hmm. like skilled. And if you're not there and you don't want to be there, you can still do the hobby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As we said, what I'm doing right now with you guys is not technically a hobby, I guess, because I, you know, get paid for it and all that kind of stuff. But it's one of the reasons why I try not to pay attention too closely to statistics, like, mm. you know, how many people are listening. Like, I have a general idea, but I'm not going to obsessively look and see and use numbers to try to justify its existence. To me, the fact that the five of us are sitting here having a conversation about this thing that we want to talk about is it feels more important to me than the number of people who aren't us. And if people who aren't us are listening and are happy to do that, then that makes me happy. But I try not to worry too much about it. And I try to, I have occasionally tried to offer merch or whatever. And again, that sort of feels like I'm trying to justify my existence by coming up with a monetary, mm -hmm. I don't know what's the word, or justification for it. So I don't know. It is what it is. I'm having a good time doing it. I am in this case getting paid. I feel like when people come to me and they're like, I want to make a podcast about <laughs> X, Y, or Z. And my first advice is don't do it because you want to make money. That doesn't make any sense. You're not going to. Nobody's going to listen, at least when you start. Just do it because you want to do it and you want to have fun. And I think that same thing applies to hobbies. Do it if you want to have fun. If you mm -hmm. want to make money off of it, you know, okay. But I worry that it will strip the fun from it, like Alex said. Yeah. 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 I see the work-life balance of having a job versus having a hobby as like work is something that it could be fulfilling. It could be meaningful to you in a personal or professional manner, but it's ultimately going to be what allows you to live your life. And hobbies are one way to actually live your life and pass the time before you eat your mortal coil. So enjoy that part of the hobby. No one's going to remember like how much money you made doing your hobby or like how famous you got off of it. People are going to remember or you on your deathbed are going to remember like how much you enjoyed doing a certain part of that thing or mm -hmm. all of it. Like that's what matters. That's what your memories are going to be. Not like you've made these accomplishments and this many people liked your video on Instagram that's not that's definitely not something that keeps me up at night yeah yeah nobody's gonna care if it wasn't fucking swag <laughs> nobody's gonna care about the money if it wasn't swag all facts no printer yeah that ass <laughs> don't discount the adrenaline rush though with notifications you get yeah. you get some little dope i'm yeah. uh, i'm i am happy when i can see about that a bunch of people saw a clip or whatever that yeah. we, that we posted but i'm also aware that's not as important a reason as just, as doing, just doing the yeah. thing and, mm -hmm. and having a good time. Now, I do feel like the drive to mix work and hobby 
or turn a hobby into work. We all come from the place where our like future job prospects are not bad at all. That's a very good point. I feel like there is this aspect of the American dream for people who aren't privileged to have a career in medicine. Uh, to where there's this, oh, entrepreneurship is the way to the upper middle class, you know? And so I, I could see how a lot of that would be manifested mm-hmm. in the industriousness of hobbies. I actually, so I get that, but I actually feel a little bit opposite about that with medicine. We do have, we do have like a guaranteed high paying job type of thing, but the career prospects are medicine. Like the, I, I feel like doing things outside of medicine, doing my hobbies is my, that's my one outlet to do something that's not like predestined for the hospital type of thing because an md is a non-transferable you don't have any skills other than treating patients (laughs) Uh, just that that sounds like uh, i don't know that that's totally that sounds like a whole nother show actually (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like i don't know i feel like my hobbies are a way of getting outside of the career path that we're on i don't know sure sure i think like i said i think we're privileged to have that Mm -hmm. that Mm-hmm. that sense because a lot of people could be in a situation where yeah. their hobby is the way into a career path that they yeah. want and that's a much more tenuous path nebulous yeah. yeah like becoming a carpenter because you like making tables may not necessarily just be enjoyment it might be the way you put food on the table eventually mm-hmm. oh, so you gotta have a place to put all those tables that you <laughs> obsessively make every week yeah. You can't just pile them up in your house. Dave, I'm not the one making tables here. I mean, (laughs) you might as well sell them. (laughs) That's Uh, a great point. I'm I'm full of great points. That sounds dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, we've been recording, believe it or not, I've been recording for more than an hour. Oh, wow. Uh, So maybe maybe it's time to let you guys go and take your various exams and tests and do those things. Skin mode. Yeah. Get back into skin mode. <laughs> it's weird. But. Does that have to do with the nude apartments? The nude apartments, yes. We're going to go to our nude apartments. Full uh, skin exam. Me and AJ live together. That's oh, true. There's a vision. Thanks. Uh, that's our show. AJ, thanks for putting together today's episode. Yeah, thanks for having us. And Sam, Hind, Alex, thanks for joining us to talk about it. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Thanks. Thanks for having us. And what kind of turd aficionado would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcuts, for being making us part of your week? If you're new and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Uh, the show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine, Student Government, and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Etler saying, don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week. Hi, short coats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. 
I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't understand yet or know about. But I see you, and I'm glad you're here, and other people are too. This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance.